0: My name is Lawrence Brooks, and you're listening to the Hootball Mavericks Podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for betting tips. I always get asked, who you got? Lakers or Suns? Rogers or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the biz. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for Tuesday night basketball, Thursday night, and every day in between. And you know me, I don't give my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do. And my book is the best sports book out there. Period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code Hootball, and get a deposit matchway halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my book if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best, bet with my booking. Again, my name is Lawrence Brooks. Thank you for joining me on the Hootball Mavericks podcast. We are back on a little lower note being that the Mavericks had their first, their first couple of home games in 10 years to try to get a playoff series win, and they lost both games. But we're here to talk about game four in particular. Now, let me start by saying this. The Mavericks, it doesn't matter what they do if they don't start to defend better. That's just the, that point blank period. This team has to start defending. I mean, in games three and game four, the Clippers have literally done whatever they wanted to do. Literally whatever they wanted to do. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have taken over this series in a way that is very demoralizing. And again, another game where both of these guys played lights out Granted, Paul George was six of sixteen this game, so he actually missed more shots, but Kawhi Leonard only missed four. In games three and four, they had they've both only combined to miss maybe less less than thirty shots, and they've taken over forty. And I mean, that type of efficiency, that type of aggression, that type of command to the game in terms of how they're just dictating everything that's going on is extremely alarming for the Mavericks. And so when you talk about this game, I had to, to first talk about the defense because, again, no matter what, they have to get stops. They have been terrific on the offensive end aside from this game. This game, they literally went 5 of 30 from the three-point line for 16%. Far cry from how they've been shooting the ball from the three-point line this entire series, and they were 31 of 89 from the field overall for that's for 34%. So a few things to point out there. Luca was hurt. He had a cervical strain, and it had him extremely limited in his range of motion in his neck. Rick Carlisle was noted as saying that he didn't think he could turn to his left. And for a guy who relies on his peripheral vision and being able to have his head on a swivel, that was extremely problematic for a guy who is an elite playmaker on the court. So you add that to the fact that Luka went zero for five from the free throw line. I mean, that's also becoming a great concern because he's not making free throws either. And I mean, he hasn't been the greatest of free throw shooters, but he is getting progressively worse. And I think it's a situation, like I said, if any of you guys remember Vin Baker and me being a guy that's from Seattle, as some of you may know or may not know, but now I'm letting you all know, Vin Baker wasn't a bad free throw shooter and then all of a sudden he just could not make free throws and then it became a mind game and his free throw shooting was just horrendous. And this is what Lucas' free throw shooting is reminding me of. Um add that to the fact that he was one for seven in this game from the three-point line i mean they literally had their worst offensive game of the season so i could run down the numbers for everybody that played and all the numbers are going to be horrendous which i'm sure they will bounce back in that fashion i believe that they will bounce back to, to play a better game offensively and even in this game it started out okay the clippers went small ball The way they tried to combat that is to get Luca going early, which is what I've been saying on the podcast. Find a way to, I mean, excuse me, get Porzingis going early. Find a way to get him going. Run some sets, get him in motion, coming downhill, or either in opportunistic spots on the floor where he can turn and rise and shoot a shot because he literally doesn't see anyone when he shoots the ball, and it's almost like pop a shot. But if you don't run sets for him, just giving him the ball and just saying go to work, that's not his game. That's not something he excels at. So, you have to run some things to free him up and give him some opportunities. Something that they started out doing and then they just kind of went away from it. And it was working. They got a couple of quick early baskets. And I think they should do that again this game. Try to get him going early. I mean, literally, don't. If he misses a couple, that's fine. But let him get comfortable enough to start dominating the game. Because up until now, I really felt like he was the one guy on the floor. That had a clear, clear advantage against whoever was guarding him. But as a, but as we've seen, Kawhi Leonard has had his way with Maxi Kleba. And Paul George has had his way with Tim Hardaway Jr. Or whoever has tried to guard them. Both of these guys have figured out that... A, they're quicker than the guys guarding them. B, they're more athletic than the guys guarding them. And C the guys guarding them are starting to slowly lose confidence in getting stops against these guys. They have figured out that they can score whenever they want to, and the confidence level just continues to rise. The comfort level continues to rise. So with that being said, one thing that I think... So obviously you need to make adjustments. The Mavericks came out. They won the first two games. Didn't need to adjust at all. Came out in games three and four. The they basically ran Zubach off the floor, forced the Clippers to go small, and small ball has actually worked in their favor in games three and four. Not to mention they've made more shots, just flat out. I mean, they were one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league this year, and they weren't necessarily making shots at as high a clip as they were during the regular season, but their shooting revived. And then on the flip side, I, we talked about the fact that the Mavericks were shooting much much better than they did in the regular season and if that was sustainable or not come to find out games three and four they kind of came back down to earth this game in game four they really came back down to earth in a way that was unusual because they're not even as bad as they shown in this game uh this this past sunday so when we talk about adjustments the one thing that i think they have to do is take maxi out the starting lineup Of course, you you like him because of his size against Kawhi, but it's not working. So the only other thing you can do is maybe go smaller, try to get quicker, either insert Jalen Brunson as a secondary guy that can be a playmaker or add Josh Richardson to the starting lineup, which isn't the worst idea. I know it wasn't necessarily their greatest lineup having him in the starting lineup early in the season or with this particular set of guys in the lineup, But maybe you get something out of this. Either way, you have to make an adjustment. I don't care which guy it is, who plays, who does not in terms of who starts. But they may have to just go small and try to go small ball for small ball and just have Porzingis at the center position, bump Dorian Finney-Smith up to the four, play Tim Hardaway maybe at the three, and then um, Luka at the two, Brunson at the one. But obviously, Luka will bring the ball up a ton. Those two positions will just kind of be interchangeable. And you can get a, get opportunities to get Luka off the ball and maybe get him downhill in a couple of different situations or maybe even in post-up situations. But they have to figure out something different to throw at the Clippers to try to combat what's happening to them, mostly for the defensive end because defensively is where they have to figure out a way to slow them down. Even if they don't stop them, which I don't think they will, But they have to slow someone down. You can't allow Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to have dominant games and think that you can win this series when you're only getting dominant games from Luka and and not Porzingis or anyone else. Another thing that was working earlier in the series is their role players were, were all playing really well. At home, not necessarily the case. They'll need Tim Hardaway Jr. to wake back up. And they need Porzingis more than ever. And I know he's gotten a lot of heat on Twitter and just in the Mavs community in general because he's being paid a lot of money. He's the second option. And he's a guy who's, when I look out there, he looks like he's floating. He looks like he's just part of the team and not necessarily the second option. Guys seem to look him off because he's not necessarily a a dominant presence out on the floor. So it's easy to just kind of lose track of the fact that he's actually out there. So... When you think about that, that's what they definitely need him to step up so that if nothing else they continue to score with the Clippers because they can they can score with the Clippers and then just make it a free for all in the fourth quarter and it will come down to who has the basketball last or who can get at least one or two stops. So with that being said, talking going back to Porzingis if the Mavericks want to actually slow this game down, it would be a good idea to throw the ball inside the Porzingis or run some sets to get him closer to the basket. Also walking the ball down and maybe getting Luca in the post as well. And maybe they get some outside looks for their, their supporting cast, but that will, that, those are, those are the, the only adjustments I see that they should make. There's no adjustments for getting stops like guys have to stop letting perimeter players drive all the way to the basket and get layups and get short jump shots and get floaters and get and ones and get dunks. If that continues to happen, the Mavericks are just going to they're just going to lose the rest of this series because there's no resistance on defense. They don't have a lot of paint presence, obviously. Chris Stapps is the only guy that's remotely close to being a rim protector. Um, Willie Colley-Stein is an active defender, a guy that can kind of help protect the rim, but he's not known as a rim defender. And When he's been in, that hasn't necessarily been the case. Boban, he's too slow, so you won't be able to play him that often, even though they tried to play him in the game four, got a few baskets out of him, but his impact wasn't felt nearly as much as maybe Rick Carlisle wanted to, to make it felt. He's just not that type of guy, even though he can come in and help out in different ways, especially when a team is going small ball. But he's not a facilitator from the post. So when you throw it into him, all you're going to get is either a bucket or a simple kick out. It won't be a playmaking move in terms of getting guys open threes. So it's really that simple for me. The Mavericks have to get have to get stops. They have to prioritize the defensive end. I think the offense will wake up. They haven't had much trouble scoring in this series, but they've had plenty of trouble getting stops. So if they and so even if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard continue to to play as well as they have, which I anticipate they will, you can't let them get off and allow the supporting cast to also play as well they as they've been playing. I mean, you look down the list, uh, Nicholas Batum chipped in with 10. Reggie Jackson had 15. Marcus Morris only had nine, but all his shots felt very timely. Not to mention, he mixed that in with eight rebounds and two assists. Um, Then you get Rajon Rondo came and had seven points, four assists, five rebounds, one block, one steal. Like These guys are coming in and making their presence felt. And that's the same thing the Clippers have to get from their supporting cast. I mean, watching that game Dorian Finney-Smith trying to drive to the basket was just not a good sight. Tim Hardaway could not find his his shot. He was 0-4 for 4 from the three-point line. Um, Josh Richardson, he's been quiet all series, and he hasn't been a guy they've relied upon a lot anyway offensively. Uh, Jalen Brunson couldn't get it going again. Like I said, this was their worst offensive game of the year. And nobody, nobody really had a great game. So I could go down the line and talk about all these guys. But the fact of the matter is, they will have to wake up. Most importantly, Porzingis will need to. And that's the one adjustment they can make offensively, is to get him going a little more. Of course, these other guys, I think, can wake up. But they definitely need, obviously, 20-plus from Luka. And they need 20-plus from Porzingis. And everyone else can chip in where they need to. But those two have to match. Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard on the, in the scoring department. And then defensively, they have to force more jump shots. And I know there've been um, the Clippers are a great three-point shooting team, but the more three-pointers you make them take, the less the percentages have to get, I would feel like. But if you're letting them get to the basket every single time, that's just not going to cut it. And this series is going to be over fast. So let's see if they go small and insert either Josh Richardson or Jalen Brunson, try to get... Porzingis going in the low post a little more, and then actually getting some stops. Those are the, those are the adjustments I think they have to make, even if it means slowing the ball down a little bit offensively, just to just to make sure the possessions for the Clippers kind of is is a little more limited, because the more they have the ball offensively, it just seems like the more they're making stuff happen. So it's a game of runs, it's momentum. These are how playoff series go every you know it always looks like this doom and gloom for the team that loses the team that wins everything looks great i mean literally the mavericks were up 2-0 and now the series is tied up so now it's just see who can adjust and see who can make plays but hopefully luca is um healthier going into this game he probably won't be 100 percent, but hopefully he's closer to 100 percent than he was in game four did a lot of wincing you could tell he was in pain and if he can't play like the Luka that they need, this series is really over no matter what. So I'm really looking forward to game five um, in this series so far. The, the away team has won all the games um, in the visit in the home team's gym. So hopefully they keep this up. And that means that Dallas will be up 3-2, heading back home to hopefully have a chance to close it out. But as I told you guys, I had the Clippers in seven, but the fan side of me, wants the Mavs to win this badly, but they have to do some things a lot better if they want to even have a shot to win this series. Defense, I can't stress enough. So we shall see. But thank you guys for listening. That's all I got. These games are these games are great. I'm loving this series so far. Um it's not a lot of magic to it. I mean, it's it's very simple when you watch the watch this series what the Mavericks need to do better, which is defend, and offensively they'll get there. So um, excited for tomorrow night. Hopefully they bounce back, which I which I I plan on seeing them bounce back because they've done so all year. They've been such a resilient team, and no reason for us to believe that it won't happen um, at this point in the season. So um, talk to you guys soon. You guys have a safe night. Please continue to subscribe and download the podcast on all streaming platforms. Again, you can catch me on Twitter at lb said it. That's l b s a i d i t. Please follow us. And also, please follow me on at hoopballmavs, um, where I live tweet, talk about the game, keep up with all news and notes. Same thing with my personal Twitter account as well. Let me know how you guys feel. I am in this with you. Not stressing out because I'm oh I'm I'm I've seasoned enough in these games to know how these series go. There's a lot of momentum swings, a lot of momentum swings, and now it's time for Mavericks to take their swing and get the momentum back. So here we go. You guys have a safe night. Talk to you soon. Go, Mass. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.